Hey everybody, welcome back to Megan's Old Office. My name is J.D. Gorlad. I'm the senior pastor here at Dundee Presbyterian Church in lovely Omaha, Nebraska. I'm joined once again by my good friend and colleague, Keith Holmes. Hello, everybody. What do you do around here, Keith? I'm the... Because I haven't noticed. Yeah, right. I, I, I've been I, here for five well, years and I haven't... Mostly I just hide from you. Okay. Right? I, I, I hear you coming. And, and that's another great story we should tell someday about the first time we didn't meet. You'd actually uh, did, uh, you actually did hide. I, I had to, I was told by your nominating committee, don't engage with this do, guy. Do not eyeball the new. <laughs> Scare him away, no, I guess. <laughs> Especially you, Keith. Yeah, <laughs> do not remove all doubt by opening right, your well, mouth. Yeah, there's always that. Um, I'm the director of missions and small groups activities here yes, at Dundee are. Presbyterian. And yes, you are. Very, and very excited about that. And lots of things going on in that uh, realm. Amen. Today we continue uh, with episode 12 of, uh, of our Psalms study. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that means you've got 11 other episodes that we would love for you to check out. In the last episode, we, we took on the, the, the idea or the theme of deliverance, of mm-hmm. being of God delivering us from something onto something else. Yeah. Um, now, this is kind of part two, or maybe it's part one, because today's uh, topic is the word intimidation, is the, right. is the feeling of intimidation. So you can immediately see, right, how these two episodes and these psalms go together. You're intimidated and you need deliverance. Right. Uh, maybe we should have gone with intimidation before the deliverance. You, you guys pick. You could play both of these uh, episodes again, over and against and with each other. And today, if you uh, got your Bibles out, you, uh, as to the subject of intimidation, uh, we've picked out a few psalms for you, lots of reading for you to do. Right. And don't, we don't read the Psalms. Right. It's just a, it's too much reading. It's it, too much reading. We'd be here, and most of our time with you would be taken up by reading. Particularly today. Yes. Uh, Psalm uh, 2, Psalm 7, Psalm 10. In Psalm 37, uh, check out those four psalms with the idea of intimidation in your mind. And this is a very good spiritual uh, uh, discipline, if you will. When I was in seminary, uh, I had a whole uh, semester in which we studied the Book of Romans. That's all we did for a whole semester in one of the classes. And one of the assignments was read the entire Book of Romans with this topic in mind. So right. we'd read the entire book of Romans with the word grace in mind. Okay. Sure. And then we'd journal what we said. And then he said, read the read the entire book of Romans once again, start to finish, with the idea of law in mind. Mercy, law, flesh, because the idea of being in the flesh was... Right. And so we read the book in that semester. I read the book of Romans 10 times, word for word, all the way through, wow. each time with a different theme in mind. And that's a lot of what we're doing on this show. Right, absolutely. We're picking a topic this week, being intimidated. Right. And we're reading Psalms in that context. Now, as we've said before, it's not nice and neat how the Psalms divide up. They, yeah. they speak of being intimidated. They speak of being delivered. Right. Uh, almost one back and forth within another. You, you know, it's right. the, the lines are not clear. Right. Uh, we've made choices for you. You may, you know, but we don't claim to have them be perfect. Absolutely not. I mean, 
fact of the matter is, is that you could find other ones that might fit better in your own study. But you know what? Right. You're doing your own study, and we're thrilled about that. Right, right? Exactly. You know? So one of our episodes we did a we did a Psalm 119, which is a very clean cut love poem to the law. Right. And it, okay, that that had a category all its own. Yeah. It's the longest uh, passage of scripture in the Bible, uh, but. Usually the categories are a little bit more murky. So in the context of intimidation, I ask this question, and this is one that, that, uh, that, that I get up on my high horse about, uh, and you'll know in a minute. When, when did God, Keith, give you more than you could handle? <laughs> Please notice the assumption of the question, that There's, there was actually a time when God gave you more than we, you could we handle. We mentioned this last week, I believe. Yes. When did God give you more than you could handle? So I... I think this, and and this is a story that can is going to kind of take me right back into deliverance from last week. Yeah, because I, I think they go together. Right. And, and so, so when did God give me a, more than I could handle? It was when I was starting my career um, now twenty some odd years ago in corporate America, and I was on a customer service team, and. The first, the first team I was on, I had a manager who was actually was a sergeant in the army, so he knew how to handle his people, and he did, you know, he wasn't abusive or anything like that, but he he made sure all of us newbies, because there were two or three of us that were new on his team, knew what we were doing. Well, then time came to change, and so I got handed over. I I got shifted to another team where the manager was more or less the complete opposite. He would he would. He wouldn't care what I was doing. Mm -hmm. He, you know, he didn't want me to bring him problems. He didn't want to help solve problems for me. If things were brought to him, it was always my fault. Mm. I mean, where where the first guy and his name was Dudley. Dudley would, you know, he would talk to salespeople and say, "No, you can't do that." The customer service rep Keith told you you can't do that. So I had, I knew he had my back. Well, then the second manager that I had was a horror. And I would, st I, I still remember s sitting at night crying in my wife's arms oh. at the thought of going back to work that day. Wow. I mean, it was, it was horrible. Right. And all I kept saying was, I should quit. I should just walk away. Now we talked about that last yes. week and it might've been a good thing, but I held on. I just, I went ahead and I held on. And then finally one day, I, and I can't remember the circumstances. It was probably after a phone call with a sales rep and a customer that, you know, that this guy had said, oh, well, Keith was wrong, absolutely terrible job, I'll make sure it gets corrected. And I'm just like, you know, and I, I threw my hands up and I stared at him. I'm like, what are you doing to me here? And he called me into a conference room, into a private room, and he said, okay, what's going on here? And I said, well, what's going on is one of two things is going to happen. Either I'm going to leave your team or I'm going to leave this company. Mm -hmm. And I can't believe to this day that those are the words that came <laughs> out of my, but I was at, I just did not care anymore. I was not going, and God in his great awesomeness delivered me from that situation back to another team, which happened to be, uh, hold the account of the company my dad had worked for, for 30 years or 50 years or whatever it was. So I had all the knowledge of this that my dad used to tell me about. I became a rock star at what I was doing, so much so that I got promoted out into operations and into, into project management, and I had a career take off because 
of a situation where all I could do was sit and cry to God. You were intimidated. I was highly intimidated. Every day I walked into the room, yeah. into the office going, what new hell is going to happen to me today? Right. Because this guy just is the worst manager in the world. And, and it was awful. And it was a situation that you could not handle. No. There was more than you could handle. I was ready to quit. Like I said, I was ready to just throw my hands up and, and just go. And I, and I, and I say this, I, I really harp on this because people, it just drives me crazy. People say that phrase uh, where, you know, God never gives you more than you can handle. They say that as if it's in the Bible, as mm-hmm. if that is God's truth. Yeah. And it isn't in the Bible. Nope. Uh, th- there is not that line. They're shocked to find out that that line is not in the Bible because they trot that over. God never gives you more than... It, it, that is such a lie. The, the, the lie of that is the assumption that God only gives you what you can handle. If that were true, then why would you ever need God Amen. to help at all? Amen. It is so completely not true. The... The truth of the matter is, is that God always gives you more than you can handle. Like you said, we made reference to that last week when we were talking about Psalms of Deliverance. Right. Uh, And the reason, and we talked last week, that God creates the mountains or the prisons and the difficulties is is so that we will call to him. That's the great thing. It's great to have things that you do not, that you cannot handle. My answer to this question, when did God give you more than you could handle? All the time. He made... (laughs) He, uh, he so made me, true. He, he made me into a husband. I'm still. I'm 29 oh, years into that. I father, mean, yeah. yeah, and then a dad. And it, I mean, I was like, okay, I have no idea how to do this. And right. and, uh, and as soon as I figured out how to be a dad, then my daughter was born. I was like, what the? This kid isn't like the last one at all. I can't. You know, I thought I had mastered this. We've got dude. this, man. No way. I had no idea. Why are you not like your brother? Well, it's a good thing she's not like her brother. But I mean, it was just constant every day. Right. I can't handle these things. And so we've selected out four psalms for you: Psalm two, Psalm seven, Psalm ten, and Psalm thirty-seven. It's a lot to read. You might say, well, you know, this could be categorized a different way. We would agree with you. Absolutely. We've made the choice to talk about being intimidated. And then our first question is, what what lines stand out to you? And I'm going to point to Psalm 2 as lines that stand out to me in the context of, of, of intimidation. It, in the lines, the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed, that would be the Messiah, Jesus, uh, saying, let us birth, uh, burst their bonds asunder and cast their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. Mm-hmm. The Lord has them in derision. You may be listening to this podcast anytime. You could be listening to this five years after we recorded on this day. Right now, as we record this, uh, this podcast, uh, Vladimir Putin's forces are running their way through the Ukraine, and they've, right. that, that has rattled us all. One of the right. kings of the earth, Vladimir Putin, right. is is intimidating, exactly. and, and he's intimidating the world, not just the Ukrainian people, right. but uh, but the world. In this line, the he who sits in the heavens, that is God, laughs. The Lord has uh, uh, them the kings of the earth, in derision. I can't really see that because it, right now, right. I know that God is more powerful than the, any king on earth, but it's hard to see sometimes Amen. when the kings of the earth are shelling into the earth and destroying God's people. And all yeah. But then there's another line in Psalm uh, 2 that really stands out towards the end, towards the bottom. It says, serve the Lord with fear, with trembling. The, in, the very clear inference of that 
in the context of intimidation. And this does not get talked about enough. Jesus definitely talked about this. The inference of that line, serve the Lord with fear, with, tr- uh, with fear, with trembling, is that you want something to be scared of? God is the one to be scared of. Amen. And then when you step back from that, I mean, the, the first thing you might react to is like, oh my gosh, you can't say that God, God's just a big old cuddly teddy bear. <laughs> Think again. God made the universe, man, with yeah. a word. I mean, yeah. he's spoke things into existence. Try that sometime. Right. There's plenty of stuff in the news, like Putin or some other world leader, or in your situation, there's a great story of being intimidated. People in your life. Man, if God is real, God is a terrifying being. Yes. Terrifying. And this just says, serve the Lord with fear, with trembling. And it seems odd to us that that could be a method, a means of deliverance, that that could be a means of comfort. Right. But, but to be, it makes sense that to be connected and to be on good terms with the one who is the ultimate power in the universe yep. would ultimately give you comfort. Right. D- doesn't it, doesn't that, that make sense when you yep. think about it? Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, the old, the old, I'm, I'm more afraid of my parents than I am of you, you know, cause you're, you're telling me let's go skip school and go to this party. Uh-uh. I, uh, come on, Keith. Yeah. Come on. I, I'll beat you up if you don't go. Okay. But my dad's got a bigger, meaner right <laughs> hook or, you know, right. better, better swing or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. So, so yeah, y- you do, when you compare God to Vladimir Putin, it's no contest. But to, yes, and that's a good visceral example. Exactly. Right? But I mean, it's not the only example. No, it's certainly not. No, I actually had that. I had that same thing. I uh, marked up the beginning of Psalm two as well because it's like you know, and and the very first line is that why do they do it? It's like, but they do. Mm-hmm. They've in their foolishness, they think God can do it. Now, I I picked also out of Psalm ten. Um, and, and here, you know, I just highlight a couple things. In times of trouble, right? Mm-hmm. Why, oh Lord, do you stand off? He's he's afraid God has I left him, line. right? Yeah, Why exactly. do you stand and c- off? It quite often feels as if God is uh, far off, right? Right. Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? How often do we feel that right. you know God has left us? And then here we go. In arrogance, the wicked persecute the poor. Yes. I mean. Who who in their right mind persecutes the poor? Well, right. the wicked. Right. You know? And building on that, Psalm yeah. 10, down near the bottom of Psalm 10, it says, mm-hmm. the Lord, inconsistent with what we're saying, and we'll, right. we'll tie this together. Yep. The Lord is king forever and ever. Psalm 10. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations shall perish from his mm-hmm. land. Yep. Then Psalm 37. Do not fret because of the wicked, it opens. Do not be envious of wrongdoers, yep. for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. And then it says, trust in the Lord and do good, so, uh, so you will live in the land and enjoy security. Take delight in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. To me, again, the common theme through all of this is that while you and I, in the living of our lives, are going to encounter things that intimidate, Mm -hmm. things that seem really, really powerful. Right. The great power, the one to be really scared of is God. (laughs) Well, serve him in fear and trembling then. Right, exactly. And Jesus says the very thing. 
He says, fear the one who can send your soul to hell. Right. He's not talking about the devil there. Nope. Talking about something to be scared of, the devil. He's talking about God. The devil can't send your soul to hell. It's mm. only God who can do that. Yep. Be scared to death. Jesus, be scared to death of this one. And as odd as it sounds for me to encourage you to be scared of God, that's the way towards peace. But isn't that the beginning? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of understanding. It's is the what beginning the, of again, wisdom. It's yeah. the beginning. You're right, exactly. And people don't get that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. They sit, oh, well, I know God, and I know I, know I can do this. Right. I can persecute the wick, or I can persecute the poor. I can, I can boast of the desires of my heart. I, you know, those things that, you know, in Psalm 10, they talk about that the arrogant do. Because of our arrogance, we begin to believe we are greater than God. Humans are greater than God. You know, again, we come back to what the situation is over in the Ukraine. Putin believes he's better, bigger than God. How many people are buying into that lie? Right. And it's I mean, easy. it's not just him. It's us. Well, it looks like he is unstoppable. Right. It's, it looks like he has incredible power. It, it, it For yep. all appearances, he, he, it is a frightening situation. Right. And you get ahead of yourself as far as the possibilities of what this will lead to. World War III, all this kind of stuff. And, and But if you stop, the Psalms in this show is designed to cause us to stop and ask the very simple question, what is, who has the most power in the world? Right. The answer is not the United States. Nope. The answer is not China. Nope. The answer is not Russia. The answer is not some individual. In fact, throughout history, while there are certain individuals who have risen up mm -hmm. to possess incredible power, intimidation, and ability, and all this kind of stuff, and nations, whole kingdoms that have dominated a certain section of the world, God has proven again and again and again over the Romans, for crying out loud. Right. Talk about something that everybody was convinced was just completely impregnable. Right. Where's the Romans now? And, and where's God? It, you know, in your own life, guys, because you're listening to this, I know you're intimidated by certain things in your life, but ask yourself, does not, doesn't it make sense that if God is real, that God is bigger than, than that thing? Yep. The, you know, when, when the Christian church was born in the book of Acts, one of the first things that Peter preached was death could not hold Jesus. Yep. Death. Death. The ultimate <laughs> enemy, right? We all think of, oh. Talk about something to be intimidated by. In right? the New Testament consistently, over and over, the apostle Paul, the, the, they keep talking uh, about, man, Jesus. Ain't got nothing. Ain't got nothing. Jesus beat death, for crying out loud. Death got Does nothing. Not, doesn't it make sense? If you're going to worship God, mm -hmm. if you're going to worship anything, aren't you going to worship number one? Yeah, you should. You, 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 yeah. you, you, you don't go God. Why are you worship? Well, he's number five. Right. That doesn't make any sense. Nope. You know, go for the best. Exactly. And God is the best. So then, when in your life or when in your history have you been in these psalms? Well, I mean, it's just. A, I, I think all the time. I mean, I, I again, I, um, you know, do, am I intimidated? I'm inclined to, 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 to say that I'm, I'm not. That's just simply a prideful thing. Mm -hmm. And yet, okay, if we take the subject of death, does death intimidate me? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Sure. It Absolutely. does. Yeah. It, it stops intimidating me when I start thinking about Jesus Christ. Right. And it stops intimidating me because I believe that Jesus Christ is better than death. Again, uh, 
and, and so then it's natural to sit there and say, does Jesus intimidate you? In one sense, Jesus intimidates me, except yeah. that I know that he's merciful and kind and gracious. Right. But the power that he and rights that he must possess are overwhelming to think about. I am a Calvinist. And right. uh, in, in, in Calvinists uh, in, in, is a form of Christianity. And Calvinists tend, they don't tend, they do, uh, tend to... Uh, uh, say that free choice, free will, the, the free will, they tend to de-emphasize free will. Right. And we f- tend to f- uh, de-emphasize human free will because the more you emphasize free will, the more you are at risk of making the mistake of saying that our free will, our ability to choose stuff and do stuff, yep. is greater than God's ability to choose. That does not yeah. make sense. No. To me at all. Now, I'm not saying that people don't have free will. A lot of people, I think, make that mistake. They go too far. Yeah. Human beings have free will. Right. I will say that. All I will say is, is that whatever free will you and I have, and whatever free will Putin has, and whatever free will the devil has, mm-hmm. can't. it doesn't make sense to me that any one of those characters' free will is greater than God's free will. And that I stand back from in Yep. Yeah. So I find myself, in the answer to your question, in, the, in these psalms all the time, but I, I find myself returning to the principle I just proclaimed right there. I, I agree. I, there, I don't have a whole lot more to add. I mean, I've told you one of the, one of the worst times in my adult life uh, that I felt intimidation was by, you know, by the fact that I have to go to a job that I, my boss just... It, it, you know, can't handle his job and makes my job miserable. And, you know, it's intimidating. Yeah, it sounds scary, which is a form of intimidation. It scared yeah. me. It's, you know, it scares you to go into a situation like that. It's an intimidating situation. And, you know, I mean, I, there was a bully in seventh grade, I think, about, you know, when we were talking. Those memories yeah, stay those, with yeah, you. Yeah, those they? stay with you. Jeez, yeah, you yeah. know, and, and, and the instigator, his little instigator buddy who kept telling him, yeah, you should beat, you should beat him up. You, you know, you should come after, after that, that like one guy. That looks like a face need to yeah, beat him. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and so, you know, but even then you think, I didn't, I really wasn't walking with the Lord in seventh grade, you know, yet and, and, and fully understanding everything. And so, you know, it just, you ran, you hid, you, you, you tried to get away. And, you know, if, if, if we Are come you to still it, doing that to a certain extent? Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, so. that's a great example, I right? think. It, but you've got to, as an adult, don't we do the same thing, run and hide? Right. It, but it, 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 not in a literal sense like you were in seventh grade. But right. we do that right well that and and you know and i think we do that meta certainly metaphorically now and and i come back to if god is the one that you're supposed to be afraid of and it says in the psalm serve the lord with fear and trembling how many of us hide from god because we're we're thinking the wrong way right you know because the fact the matter is is like well if i go serve this guy if i go serve my own needs, my own things, and I don't have to think about that scary guy. You're hiding in that, in the fact that you're you're running away from the one that scares you the most, which is God. Instead of saying, I have a friend in Jesus, I have a friend in God who is the most intimidating He's being the in the uh, dude on the playground. Exactly. And I can't go wrong if I'm serving him. But he doesn't want you to go beat people up or do those right. things. He wants you to serve them. He wants you to to comfort them. He wants you to take care of them. He doesn't want you to 
uh, uh, you know, abuse them or persecute them. You, you know, it warns to not sit in the seat of the scoffer in, in the Psalms. You know, it's just, we don't want that. That's the, that's the big bad guy, what he wants us to do for him. Right. And, and so how, how is it that we got this so turned around that we're running and hiding from him? Well, I think there's an interesting thing. I think that it's really a good thing, Keith, how, how Jesus has been depicted in the church mm-hmm. uh, from the gentleness standpoint, you know, yeah. pictures of him holding sheep and being the good shepherd right. and all of this, you know, welcoming the children, very gentle, mm-hmm. very welcoming images. Those right. are accurate and yeah. those are good, but they are not a complete picture. No, and if you allow them to be, you'll get a version of well, God. Well, you might, yeah. You, no. you, you might not, you, if he's just gentle and kind, right. you lose the bad, you, not bad, the mean, the, the powerful, tough, the powerful, the powerful This is part. a guy who walks on water. Right. This is a guy who commands the seas. Well, can you imagine walking into, walking into a church and they haven't, the first picture you see is God tur- or Jesus turning, overturning the yes. tables in the temple? You, and, or, and the next one is him twisting the cords yes. and whipping someone? You'd be like, what kind of haters are these people exactly. in this church? Exactly. But, or Revelation. Yeah. And the powerful yes. images of Revelation. And, With and, a word, he slices through the armies of, this, of Satan. It, uh, right. What power. kind of picture are you going to draw on that one, guys? Right. Power, power, power. It's not either, again, we say it, a, a, it's not either or, it's both and. Exactly. And, and I think a lot of times, you know, so one of the questions we ask is, how would you pray the, these psalms? And mm-hmm. we've got several, Psalm 2, Psalm 7, Psalm 10, Psalm 37 for you to look at. And, and I hope that you will do that. But, but uh uh, I think we pray to, to Jesus. Poor, we're intimidated. We're, we're, we live in a world that is just unavoidable. Uh, you're living in a world where you're going to have to breathe oxygen. You're going to have to eat three three hots and find a cot and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. These are the things that you got to do. And this is the world you live in and all this kind of stuff. You're going to be intimidated. There are yep. going to be things that are stronger than you that will mount up against you. That is an unavoidable Kind of kind of thing. The question is whether or not you are going to believe that something greater than anything could that could intimidate you is on your side. That thing being Jesus, that He is greater. Now, now, if we only see Jesus as welcoming children and being a good shepherd and holding sheep and going, that is a good picture. I'm not saying that's not. Right. Again, I'm I'm just going to repeat that's not a complete picture. Right. And but if and if that's the only image you have of this gentleness. It's going to be hard for you to pray to this one who is so mild and meek and gentle to deliver you. There's that word again from last week from things that are that are intimidating you and that they're intimidating you because they're so clearly better organized and stronger and well fortified than 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 you are. Uh, So you need to allow yourself to. I think what we're doing here is trying to encourage you to create some space in your mind and in your heart for Jesus to be tough, strong, uh, you know, impenetrable, and right. it, I mean, just an absolute, uh, complete, irresistible force, yep. which he is. Yep. You don't have to work too... F- I mean, uh, you don't have to go through Scripture too far to see this. No. Nope. You know? I, I, but, I, but we don't pray that. Now, I, I will say, when I was children's the director here, and we would lead the kids in prayer up in our kids' own worship... That I would often say that to them because I did recognize who we're praying to. And it's one of the reasons we bow our heads and, you know, because, you know, I say, can you pray anywhere? Yes, I can pray while I'm driving in the car, but would it be a good idea for me to fold my hands and close my eyes while I'm driving? No, but 
why we do that is reverence to God. Awe. Awe. I mean, it's a matter of saying, I can't look at you. I'm coming to you humbly. You are so much greater. And I would say, when I say it's time to pray, I don't want you to talk Mm -hmm. because we're going before the God of heaven, the God of the universe. This is a God who simply spoke things and they came into being. Right. And we are nothing compared to that. So when we talk to God, yes, we can run and grab his leg and say, Abba, Daddy, uh, love you. That's a part of him too. But there's also a part where you have to recognize this is the most powerful thing you, that you cannot conceive. Right. And if we, if we don't pray like that... With that in mind. With that in mind. We're not doing... Again, we're not doing a whole holistic approach to our relationship with God. You don't have a proper Imago Dei image right. of God. You need to have a yeah. full image of God. Right. Uh, and and uh, so the question is, how would you pray the, the this psalm, these yeah. psalms? I think with the idea that God is the ultimate power, you know, it's funny, it, 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 there's a, it's not funny, but I kind of am amused a bit about it. We studied the book of Revelation on Wednesday night here. Um, we have a Bible study here that we really enjoy, and, and we work through the book of Revelation, and, and there's a moment. The book of Revelation is all about this conflict between good and evil, between God and the enemies of God, yep. and there is a moment near the end where essentially the angel, or the archangel, it's not named, but it's Michael, comes down, it's in the chapter 19 or 20, near the end, and he takes the, the devil the one, the great in, tormentor of our existence, the the great intimidator of our existence, right. and he takes the de- devil as if he's just a little dog, and he stuffs him in a hole. I mean, I'm paraphrasing here. <laughs> he throws him into the abyss. But the yeah. imagery is very true. The, the angels, all of this conflict has happened, and everything has been exhausted, and all that's left is the dragon, and that's the devil, and the archangel. Not Jesus. The archangel comes, grabs him. It's like he grabs him by the tail, and he just stuffs him in a hole in the ground. <laughs> and and it, that is, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, from the standpoint, this is a demonstration of unreal power. I mean, think about it. that's how the devil is going to meet his end. Right. That's who you are talking to when you talk to Jesus. And yet we don't talk to Jesus as if he has that kind of power. Yep. Uh, you're going to be intimidated. You can assume that that means that God is asleep on the job. That's not the truth. Uh, the truth of the matter is, is that the, this great power who is Jesus allows these things to be in, in, in your life. To confront you, Keith and JD, with the question of whether or not, do you really believe that I'm in charge? Right. You really believe that I'm, I'm tougher, meaner, stronger than whatever you face? Absolutely. Yes, Jesus, yes. So that's how you need to pray these psalms. Absolutely. And I think society, uh, I don't mean to blame Hollywood for most of our woes, because we would do this in and of ourselves. Literature in the past has done this too. But we as, a, as humans have, I mean, I personally think exalted evil to the point where we believe that God can't handle it. Yes. You know, I yes. mean, I, I think of all those movies out there yes. where the, you know, it, the supernatural is happening and everybody's like, oh my gosh, it's Satan attacking and what do we do? The it's supernatural like, evil is happening. Right. Yeah. Supernatural evil is happening. What do we do? It's like, 
turn to Jesus. Right. And and you're done. He's far more powerful. You know, my favorite one of my favorite expressions is especially to people that worship evil, worship Satan. I'm like, you know, they're going to be shocked to find out that the man they or the thing they thought was the warden of the prison was actually just another prisoner. Exactly. That's because a good word. because Satan ain't in charge. And that's right. He's he, real. I love it. He gets stuffed in a hole. He folks. does. But before that, when Jesus is with, what does he do? He's just casting out demons. Yeah. In 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 there's casual references. To, to him casting out all their demons. I mean, this just was a regular thing. Yep. He's just saying, go away. They have to obey him. He's the authority. He's the power. He's the man. Yep. And, and, and you know, there's plenty of things that are going to intimidate you. But you are in, when you are in relationship with Jesus Christ, you are in, in relationship with the great power. Do you know that? You're, you might knee-jerk say, oh, yeah, no, amen, that's true. No, really, stop for a minute and ask yourself, do you really think? Well, the question to me is, is it 3 o'clock in the morning when you're breaking down in tears or up, at, like I talked about last week, up running, your mind spinning, do you believe? Right. Do I believe right. God is bigger than these issues that I'm, work, I'm right. wrestling with? Right, and most of our anxiety yeah. comes from the fact that we've concluded that well, this is too big for me, right? So it must right. be too big for well, God. It bring it, it, and again, it comes into that lie that we tell ourselves: God doesn't give us more than we can handle. Exactly. Then I can handle this alone. No, no, no you, you can't. No, you can't. But the fact that you can't does not mean that God can't. Right. Get exactly. it into your head. All right, that's a good show. Yeah. I think I'm writing rating that a. Uh, I feel like that was a uh, eight out of ten. I like that. I like that a lot. I Gives was going to eight and a half. I, I always like a little eight point five. I always, yeah. you know. Thanks for joining us. This has been Megan's old office. This is, in fact, Keith Holmes and JD Gorlett. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Megan's old office, brought to you by Dundee Presbyterian Church. Please like, subscribe, and share so you and your friends can keep up with us every time we post. You can learn more about us and our church at dpcomaha.org. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash dpcomaha or on Instagram at Megan's Old Office. You can contact us through email at megansoldoffice at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening today. We truly appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.